It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked On Reds. And here we go. What is up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. It's a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us through your download and your listen your many podcasting apps, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or the new podcasting app Himalaya, we thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the Reds-Cubs series opener, and we're also going to get to a couple of calls received on the Locked On Reds call-in line. But before we get to that, make sure that you are subscribed on those podcasting apps that I mentioned earlier. Also, check us out on social media on Twitter, at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr. Also, check out my Instagram. From time to time, I remember to do something with that. It's at Carr Jeff. Just flip my Twitter handle and then check out LockedOnReds.com where we've got all kind of great content going up there. We're all about the content business when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. For today's show, let's talk about Tuesday night's game. So the Reds and the Cubs begin their season-long struggle and it was the night of Kyle Hendricks. There's just some nights that say what you will about your own team. You know, some nights you can point to the manager, maybe throw some questions his way on a managerial decision or two. Some nights you can point to the defense, errors that cost them the game. Some nights you can point to the bullpen, you can point to the starters, you can point to the lineup, all of that good stuff. And some of you may be pointing fingers at the lineup, but I'm a positive person. I choose to just simply tip my cap. To Kyle Hendricks. The man had a phenomenal night. He really had an opportunity to pitch a complete game. I feel like Joe Madden, though, wanted him to be spotless in the ninth inning. He got pulled after he walked Nick Senzel on five pitches. I believe it was his first walk in some time as he came into the game having pitched 17 scoreless innings. And then I don't think he had allowed a walk during that time either. So he'd been red hot. The Cubs come in as a team red hot. And of course, at the bat, Kyle Hendricks continues his red hottedness by getting three hits, including two RBIs, which essentially won the game for the Cubs on both sides of the ball. So it it was almost like a repeat performance what the Reds saw the Mets starter Noah Syndergaard do just a few weeks ago to them. But a tip of the cap to him, just a masterful performance. You know, the one blemish for Hendricks was Joey Votto finally getting back on the long ball train, hitting a home run to right center field. Just a nice shot there for him. It wasn't one that just crept over the wall. It was a powerful hit. But he also had a chance in the ninth, 
and he popped out measly to, you know, it's, it's essentially the shortstop. I think ended up being caught uh, in short left field, but just missed an infield pop-up there, did Joey. And really, the Reds as a whole squandered, they really only had two opportunities. But you can't even really say that they squandered him because there was that double, at least a double, that Derek Dietrich had that was robbed from him as Albert Elmora Jr. made an amazing play in center field, jumping up against the wall to make the catch and rob Derek Dietrich of what was sure to be extra bases. And overall, the Cubs, they pull out the win. They are now 11 games over 500. The Reds fall to six games under 500. They're 18 and 24 now. They sit eight and a half back in the division. And make no mistake, that that's not a great number. And when you're looking at the rest of the season, I'm going to be a little bit more down to earth than I've been. I'll be honest with you. I'm a very positive guy. I'm a very optimistic Reds fan. But I've been listening to a lot of other people. I've been reading a lot of other people. And you know that old joke, if you run into a jerk in the morning, you've just ran into a jerk. If you run into jerks all day, then you're the jerk. Kind of flip-flop that. If you run into someone that you find to be pessimistic, you just found a pessimist. And I myself have run into a bunch of people today that have seemed pessimistic to me. And maybe that means that I'm just far too optimistic. I don't know. But I see the merit in understanding the pitfalls of the Reds as we move forward. Because when you're setting eight and a half out, and it's early May, there's still some time to make up that. But there's just not. There's just not a margin for error. I mean, there was very little margin for error to start the season. I, I fully understand that. And they've made it even thinner. That, that margin is razor thin right now. And really, you, you don't look at May baseball as must-win baseball. But these next two games against the Cubs are extremely crucial for the Reds. They really need to pull out two wins, especially I'm, I'm looking at Wednesday, and I know I'm setting myself up for some disappointment here, but when they're facing a guy in you, Darvish, who has struggled mightily to this point in the season, I know that those of you who look at pitcher win-loss records would say, well, he's got two wins. He's got two more wins than Sonny Gray, the guy that the Reds are putting out on the mound. That doesn't mean nothing but a hill of beans. I mean, it doesn't even mean that much to me when it comes to looking at a pitcher. He's got a five and a half ERA, 5.4 ERA right now, and he's just having all kinds of trouble finding the strike zone with any amount of consistency. This needs to be a game where the Reds get one back. They lost one tonight. You tip your cap to Kyle Hendricks. You come out Wednesday night, and you even the series. That's what needs to happen. And then Thursday, really, I... I I, they need to win this series. You know, it's it's hard to pin super importance on a May baseball series. But like I said, with the razor-thin margin that they're looking at, it's just not something that they can play 500 ball against their division rivals and expect to make any sort of waves in the division for 2019. 
Real quick, I want to remind you about the Locked On MLB podcast, the league-wide podcast that Sully Baseball takes a look around the league each and every day. It is a great way to keep track of what's going on outside of our friendly confines of Great American Ballpark. And Sully Baseball presents everything in a very thoughtful way, and he has a great way of describing what's going on with teams that you may otherwise not care about, like you know, the Tampa Bay Rays. It's it's kind of mean to say we don't care about the Tampa Bay Rays here in Cincinnati, but be honest with me, how many Tampa Bay Ray baseball games have you watched lately? Sully can keep you up to speed with guys like that. So check him out. You'll find Sully Baseball's Locked On MLB on all the major podcasting platforms with which the Locked On Reds podcast resides. That's Locked On MLB. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast here on a Wednesday. As I mentioned in the first part of today's episode, we're going to take a look at some voicemails that I got on the Locked On Reds call-in line. Got a few. Got Jimmy in Pittsburgh and Matt from Cheviot talking about the Reds. I'm going to start with Matt. He had some great thoughts on tonight's game. Hey, Jeff. It's Matt from Cheviot. I just got done listening to the game. So Votto comes to plate after Senzel had gotten on base in the bottom of the ninth. It's a 3-1 count, and this new version of Joey Votto that we have, knowing that he's going to get a fastball, that the relief pitcher isn't going to put the tying run on base with a walk, knows he's getting a fastball, he pops it up into the infield for the second out. And that's, you know, the difference between – what we used to know is Joey Votto and who Joey Votto is today. And I don't know, man, I, I, these two, two run and one run losses, they're, you know, they're going to put this team in the cellar and, and, and it's eight and a half games back. I don't think that, I, I think that is insurmountable, but uh, I'm just frustrated. Uh, love the podcast. Keep up the good work, man. Listen every day. Thanks. Matt, thanks for listening, man, and thanks for the voicemail. When it comes to Joey, I've heard a lot of different takes on him and where he's at this season. I think one of the biggest things with him has been it's very evident that he is focusing on launch angle. And as a fan, you know, you're just watching every game and different things like that. Launch angle seems a little insignificant. But when it comes to how it affects a hit and all that different stuff. There's a lot of analytics that go behind it and talking about upping his home run power and different things like that. But because of his focus on the launch angle, he's hitting a lot more fly balls. In fact, his career rate is right around 30%, and right now he's around 40% for the season. So maybe there's an adjustment there. Maybe he looks at it and says, you know what, I'm just going to go back to hitting base hits because you're right. In that instance there, 3-1, he's getting a fastball. 
Just look for something you can hit on a rope. Nick Senzel's got the speed. Maybe he goes first to third, and you're looking at a guy on third with nobody out. And, you know, maybe Joey's on first, maybe he's on second, whatever. But the point is, I'm with you. There is a newness to the way that he's approaching things, and it's almost as if, I don't know if he can, but if he can, I'd like to see him go back to vintage Joey. And then also to your other point, the eight and a half games out, like I, I'm with you. That's, that's a super hard number and definitely worth being frustrated about because the one and the two run losses and especially the one run losses. I mean, kind of like I mentioned coming into the Red, the Reds Cubs series in their last 15 games, the Reds are seven and eight. You know, now their last 16 games, they're seven and nine. And six of those nine losses are by one run. And you think, you know, maybe a hit goes this way or that way in just half of those games. And the Reds look completely different with their record. It's just, it's one of those kind of crazy fluky things that definitely lead to frustration. Totally level with you there, Matt. Thanks for the call. And then the next call, I've got Jimmy from Pittsburgh. He's got a question for me, kind of on a topic that I talked about in yesterday's episode. If you haven't checked it out, I address the idea of the availability of Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell on the free agent market. And Jimmy has a specific question when it comes to Kimbrell. Hey, Jeff. This is uh, Jimmy from Pittsburgh. Uh, Big fan of the show. Um, my question to you is if Rafael Glacius still continues to struggle, you know, while the bats are getting hot, uh, is there a chance maybe the Reds could sign Kimbrell or trade Iglesias? I know you've talked about it before. Um, but yeah, big fan of the show, man. Keep up the good work. I appreciate you listening, Jimmy, and thanks for the question. And when it comes to Iglesias, I do think that they still have a bit of a long leash with him, especially with the contract extension that he signed in the offseason. I know that as we continue to see him get rolled out there and maybe blow a save or something like that, it's going to gnaw at us that you look at Craig Kimbrell, and as much as we all love Rysel Iglesias, we can be honest with ourselves and say, look, Craig Kimbrell is one of the best closers that the baseball that the game of baseball has ever seen. So obviously, talent-wise, he would be a little bit of an upgrade to Rysel Iglesias, but I think in the long run, he's going to be too expensive. I think that the Reds, if they add somebody, I don't see them adding anyone from the free agency during the middle of the season, at least not to a straight-up major league deal, but if they were to add someone, it would be of the minor league variety, and it would be a person who is like at the league minimum, and I think Craig Kimbrell has said very clearly, at least during the offseason, reports were he was totally okay to sit out this entire season if he didn't get the kind of contract that he was looking for. And obviously, he hasn't gotten it yet because no one has signed him. And maybe that changes as the draft pick compensation is lifted from him, but I just don't see the Reds being the one to go after him. I think if they decide that Rysel Iglesias has failed in their bullpen ace role that they've assigned for him, I don't want to say he's the closer because I still believe they're going to put him in situations that will not be the ninth inning, but if they believe that he's failed as the bullpen ace, they'll simply install someone in-house and maybe demote his role 
a little bit. I don't see them going and getting Craig Cranbrook as much as that would be awesome because who wouldn't want to see that dude standing on the mound for, you know, the bottom of the ninth inning when the Reds are up or, you know, top of the ninth, depending on if the Reds are at home, whatever. But him trying to lock down the save, that would be pretty awesome. But at the same time, I just, I don't see the Reds doing it. That's going to do it for us here on the Wednesday episode of the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to today's show. Thursday, we're going to have a Throwback Thursday segment and hopefully be recapping a Reds win on a Wednesday night. And don't forget, in a couple of days for Phone It In Friday, we're going to have Bronson Arroyo on the show. It's going to be an awesome time getting to talk to him. I am geeking out just thinking about it. Real quick, make sure you are subscribed on all your major podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and Himalaya. And check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more Reds content. Thanks, guys, for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.